0: Welcome to the Danny Picard Show. Monday, December 3rd, 2018. Broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, BeantownUSA.com. On today's show, I will react to all of Week 13 in the NFL And I'll take a look at the current playoff picture. And speaking of playoffs, the college football playoff brackets are set. They are finalized. And boy, did we have a wild SEC championship on Saturday. I'll go over the entire college football playoff picture. Also, it looks like the Boston Celtics have found their starting lineup. They should not get away from this starting lineup. I will react to their three-game win streak And then I have some thoughts on the heavyweight title fight, which was Saturday night at the Staples Center between Deontay Wilder, the WBC heavyweight champ, and Tyson Fury. I'll share my thoughts on that fight. All of it today presented by DraftKings. Play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PIC, P-I-C, at DraftKings. There are no season-long commitments. And in Week 14 in the NFL, which is coming up, this coming weekend, week 14, you have a chance to win a million bucks in the Millionaire Special, $3 million in total prizes with $1 million going to first place. Just pick your team and follow the action live on your DraftKings app. And again, get a free game by signing up using promo code P I C at DraftKings.com. That's promo code P I C at draftkings.com. Today's show is also presented by BetOnline. Sign up today at betonline.ag and use promo code podcast1 to receive a 50% welcome bonus. That's promo code podcast1 for a 50% welcome bonus between the college football bowl season, the NFL, the NBA and the NHL. This is the perfect time to make your online wages at betonline.ag, and take full advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, and also the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet, betonline.ag. Welcome to the show on this Monday, December 3rd. And actually, before I do get into my rants, I got to remind you, about my Madden 19 tournament that I will be running on Saturday, December 15th. It'll be held right here at Beantown USA, which is located in Dorchester, where my studio is located in. And it is the first annual Christmas Bowl. It is called the Christmas Bowl. Again, Madden 19. It's a video game tournament. And we'll also be doing some stuff for the Boston Children's Hospital. So if you want more information and you want to know how to sign up, go to my website, DannyPicard.com. You can see it. It's a green and red graphic with two football helmets, and it's called the Christmas Bowl. If you just scroll down to the blog section at DannyPicard.com, you can't miss it. So make sure you do that, get more information, sign up to play. And if you don't want to play, you should still stop by to Beantown, USA, Saturday, December 15th for the first annual Christmas Bowl. And speaking of video games, I will have a new episode of Pick Up Your Sticks on my YouTube channel which will be dropping tonight on this Monday, December 3rd. Comedian Will Noonan joined me the other day. We played a game of FIFA 19, and uh, I don't always play FIFA, but EA Sports, my partnership with EA Sports, they send me the games. They sent me FIFA 19, and we played a game. Will Noonan joined me to play, and I will say this. FIFA 19 would be a great Christmas gift because even though I'm not a big soccer fan and I don't play FIFA all the time, Once we played the other day, I couldn't stop playing this weekend. I played a lot of FIFA because we had that one game. And I will be revealing that episode on my YouTube channel later tonight on this Monday, December 3rd. So subscribe to my YouTube channel right now, youtube.com slash Danny Picard. FIFA 19 is definitely a great Christmas gift. But you know what's also a great Christmas gift? And I know this might sound like uh, an extended advertisement, but it's, it's really not. It's really not. Because I, mean, I have my YouTube channel and I have my video game show, Pick Up Your Sticks. And with that, I there was something I saw a couple months ago from this company called Arcade 1-Up. You can go to their website, Arcade 1-Up. They have created these arcade machines that you build in your own home. And when I say build, I mean, it's a simple build. It's like, it, it, you know, you get furniture at Ikea, right? And all the tools are in there and and you know the instructions are simple. There's it's it's not a lot of heavy lifting. They make it as easy as possible. Well, this company called Arcade One Up, they took sort of the IKEA build where you can easily build stuff and they they said, let's let's allow people to build arcade machines in their homes. And I saw that they were gonna come out with these arcade machines around November or December, so I reached out to them maybe like three months ago and i said hey i got this youtube show where i you know i play video games against a guest and you know it's a good time and i've done some unboxings on youtube and i was wondering if you guys would like to send me a system and i'll give it a review you know i'll do an unboxing on my youtube channel and i did hear back and they did say they were going to send one to me but then a couple months go by and you know i see other people doing unboxings and i see you know, other reviews on YouTube, and I I, I didn't receive one. I didn't get one. And I was a little taken back by that. I was like, well, you know, you told me you were going to send me one, and then you didn't. And then all of a sudden, I come in here on Saturday over the weekend to do a little editing, a little video editing. I have to come into the studio to, to do editing. I can't, I just can't focus at my own at my own apartment because I, I either watch I either end up watching a, a game or I end up playing a video game. Either watching a sports game or playing a video game. One of those two things. And so I can't concentrate. So I gotta come in the studio. I came in Saturday and what do you know? Arcade one up sent me a Street Fighter arcade system, which I I haven't put together yet. But I've played I I've played it already. Somebody else I know has one. I've played it and I it's phenomenal. I am going to post an unboxing and a a full review on my YouTube channel of this Street Fighter Arcade system from Arcade 1-Up. And, uh, again, I think this is... I talk about Christmas gifts. This is a perfect Christmas gift. You can get them at Walmart, GameStop, Target, Best Buy. I even saw one at Home Depot. You can get these. And they don't just have Street Fighter. They have a handful of them. They have Rampage, Asteroids... Centipede, and a couple more. And it does look like they're going to have even more to come. Because about a month ago, they posted a poll on their website. Which is not there anymore. At least, I don't see it. But it asked, what's the next arcade one-up system you would like to see? And the options were NBA Jam, Mortal Kombat, Marvel vs. Capcom, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or The Simpsons. Which are all great arcade games. If you were ever a fan of old-school arcade games... I think the concept is unbelievable. You know, they probably need to do a couple things to perfect it, but I mean, what is perfecting it? I think if you love the nostalgic feel of an arcade game, the opportunity to have one in your house, and it's affordable, I think they, they're they going for like 250 or 300 Um, you know, and, and it's legit, so... This would be a great Christmas gift, but if you subscribe to my YouTube channel coming very soon, I will have an unboxing, I will show it off to you, I'll give it a review. I have the Street Fighter set, there's three different Street Fighter versions on there, the old school Street Fighter 2, one of them's Championship Edition, there's a couple other ones, but I'm telling you right now, I can't wait to open it up, record it for you, and then uh, pump out the unboxing and the review on my YouTube channel. So again, that's another reason to subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Picard. So that, that's some stuff that's going on outside of this show with regards to my other content. But uh, I hope, listen, I hope you had a great weekend. I, I will say I need to get to 2019. I do. I need to get to 2019. Uh, uh, here's what happened over the weekend for me outside of, you know, doing some editing, watching some football. I get an email from Apple. I have a MacBook Pro. And this is really my life. I do everything on here. I, I record audio. I edit audio. I you know, upload my videos. I edit my videos. I, I write my columns on this computer. Like this, this computer in front of me that's sitting in front of me right now as I record this show and watch the audio waves flash up and down the screen. This computer in front of me is my life. All right? So without this computer, everything that I do comes to a halt with regards to work. And really, my life is work. So, this computer is my life. I just got this computer like eight months ago. It's a brand new, beautiful MacBook Pro 13-inch uh, screen. Uh, it's unbelievable. But I get an email from Apple over the weekend telling me that I need to bring my computer in because this specific version, the MacBook Pro 13-inch, you know, X amount of gigs... This type of driver, this specific model, this exact specific model that I have, apparently the drivers that are in these models, they have discovered that within a year, these drivers are going to shit the bed. And so before this driver on my computer shits the bed, which they're predicting it will do very soon, they're telling me I I need to bring it in so they can put a new driver in it. It's something they just figured out. They just discovered this. Now they're going to do it for free but it's just a pain in the ass. It's like when you get a new computer, you pay so much for a new computer. You don't expect to have to go get it fixed eight months later. Like you expect this. I mean, I'm expecting this thing to last me five years at the very least, like my other MacBooks have. So this is disappointing. It's just another example of my 2018. I mean, it's almost a perfect ending to 2018. Like everything you have in your life is broken, Danny. Every, everything's broken. So go get it fixed. And fix it up for 2019. And that's what we'll do. Right? But it's just... It's funny how, how much of a perfect example of my life in 2018 it's been. A brand new computer. Oh, it's going to crash. It's going to break. Yeah, everything's going to get erased on it. Because then you got to back everything up. I have this portable <laughs> driver that i got to back everything up on. And I don't even know if that's going to... Like, I don't know then how to, Do I upload that after? Do they do it for me? But now I have to go to the Mac store? Do you know how... You know how much of a pain in the ass that is? You have to set up an appointment ahead of time. Like, I have an appointment this Thursday night. And then I'm going to have to, like, how long is it going to take? Am I going to have to leave my computer overnight? And then come back? Then I'll have to come back the next day? I mean, it's just a pain in the ass. I paid so much money for a brand new computer. And now I got to get it fixed eight months later? I mean, at least they're telling me. And I, and and everything, it's not like everything crashed. And then I had to find out the hard way. At least I did back my stuff up. I do know that they're going to fix it for free. So, I guess we'll, if you want to take a look at it glass half full, that would be the way to do so. But it's very tough for me to take a look at my 2018 with a glass half full approach. And this is another example of that. So, 2019 can't come soon enough. We have a month left. It's December 3rd. Let's get through December. And then, you know, we'll get into the NFL playoffs and all that. Uh, I'll get to football in just a moment because a lot of stuff's going on in the NFL. I watched a lot of football this weekend, not just NFL, but also college football, as I told you in the open. Um, but I on Saturday night, there was a huge fight. And I'm going to give just quick, simple analysis for this fight. Heavyweight championship fight. The WBC heavyweight champ, Deontay Wilder, defended his belt against Tyson Fury at the Staples Center in Los Angeles Saturday night. I did not watch it live. I I ended up watching it yesterday. I watched it last night. I recorded it, watched it last night. Uh, The result of this fight was a split decision draw, which sets us up for a rematch probably sometime in the spring. Probably sometime in the spring. But simple analysis for you on this fight. If you get knocked down to the mat twice in a fight, you lose. You should lose the fight. Tyson Fury got knocked down to the mat not once, but twice in his fight, and, and people could say with look did he did Tyson Fury get up? Did he put up a fight did he did he make it interesting for the like did he make this a tough decision for the judges? Yeah, you could say that. I mean he put up a fight, he put up a good fight, and he got up twice. but let's not I mean, it's easy to praise a guy, especially two thousand and eighteen, where everybody's so sensitive. It's like, oh, he got back up. Oh, he got back up. Yeah, but guess what? You know why he got back up? Because he got knocked down twice. Let's let's not run from the fact that he got knocked down twice. If you get knocked down to the mat twice, you lose the fight. Especially if you get knocked down by the champ. You got to beat the champ. I don't care what type of fight you put up. You get knocked down to the mat twice and you're the challenger. You're not the champ. You lose that fight. Tyson Fury lost that fight. But, you know, I guess it's not a loss for Deontay Wilder. He can look at it that way. He doesn't lose the Bill. And it sets us up for another fight, a rematch. And who knows? Maybe there'll be a controversial finish there, and they'll give us a trilogy. Is anybody really asking for a trilogy for that? I don't know that I am. I don't know that I am. I, I th- I, simple analysis, Deontay Wilder should have won the fight. He's the champ. Fury didn't beat him. Fury's the challenger. And if you're the challenger, and you get knocked to the mat twice, knocked out of the mat twice, you lose the fight. Simple as that. Don't overthink it. Make the judges overthought it. And they gave it a split decision draw, which I thought was the the wrong decision. Deontay Wilder should have been the winner. But if they do announce a rematch, I'll react to it. I just wanted to give you a quick analysis on that. Now we'll get to football. All right, I know. It's football season. It's, uh, you know, playoff time. Close to playoffs in the NFL it is playoff time in college football and I did watch the SEC championship on Saturday with Alabama and Georgia. Alabama comes from behind to beat Georgia. It was a rematch of last year's national championship. And you know how that ended? Alabama won that because they ended up benching the qu- Alabama bench their quarterback, Jalen Hurts, at halftime. He had a terrible first half. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and the backup leads him to an overtime win in the national title game. And then Nick Saban sticks with that backup that came in for this season. Jalen Hurts is the ends up being the backup. He doesn't leave. He stays. He's a good teammate. And it it turns out they needed him in the SEC Championship to come in. And uh because of an injury, and Jalen Hurts comes in. And not only does he come in and play great, he leads Alabama to a come-from-behind win in the SEC Championship. It secures Alabama's spot as the number one seed in the college football playoff, and in the process, it eliminates Georgia from the college football playoff because with the Georgia loss to Alabama, Oklahoma, they jump into the fourth seed. So the college football playoff is finalized. Here's the schedule. Alabama's the one seed. They will take on number four seeded Oklahoma on December 29th in the Orange Bowl. That'll be in Miami. Uh, that's the eight, the 8 o'clock game. It's the second game. So number one seed Alabama versus number four Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl. Alabama already a 14-point favorite in this. They're 14-point favorite in, in it. So, um, you know, I don't think things look good for Oklahoma. Uh, the question will be what the, What's the quarterback situation with Alabama going to look like? But then you get to the game that'll be earlier that day at four four o'clock. Number two, Clemson versus number three, Notre Dame. Uh, Clemson an eleven and a half point favorite in the Cotton Bowl. So, uh, those are the four teams: Alabama versus Oklahoma, and then Clemson versus Notre Dame. If Georgia beat Alabama, if they if they held on to beat Alabama Saturday in the SEC Championship. I think you would have seen obviously Georgia would, would have remained in the top four, but you might've seen Clemson jump up to one and Alabama drop down to number two, which probably sets us up for Alabama, Georgia, the rematch again in the national championship. Right. Uh, But instead Jalen hurts came in and just an unreal story. It really is just a a crazy story. And uh, I don't, I'm not a big college football guy. Like, I'll pay attention at the beginning of the season. I tell you this all the time. I pay attention at the beginning of the season, and then I'll pay attention... You know, I I keep tabs on it throughout the regular season, but nothing crazy. And then I'll pay. I'll start to pay more attention, you know, the last couple of weeks of the college football playoff rankings to see where we're at by the time we get to the college football playoff. And, uh, you know, it looked like Alabama was going to roll through. Then they... Run into Georgia in the SEC championship, then their quarterback gets hurt, and they have to go back to Jalen Hurts. I mean, the story is unreal. And Jalen Hurts leads them to a come from behind win to secure the one seed and eliminate Georgia from the college football playoff. It's a great story. It really is. And credit to Jalen Hurts. And Nick Saban was getting choked up after, too, because I think he understands look, you got to be a good, you got to be a great kid. Not a good kid, a great kid. You got to be a great teammate if you're Jalen Hurts. Because don't tell me that he doesn't have, don't tell me that he wasn't a little pissed off deep down inside getting benched in the national championship. That's an embarrassing moment for the kid. That's a humbling moment. And don't tell me he didn't go home at any point after that season last year, even though they won. Don't tell me Jalen Hurts didn't go home at any point and say to himself, nah, I'm a number one, right? And I should still be the number one somewhere. And don't tell me he didn't show up to Alabama the next season, return, and think to himself, is Saban serious? Is this guy kidding me? I'm the number one here. Don't tell me he didn't think that. Maybe he didn't say it publicly. He might not have even said it to a man. But he might go home, look himself in the mirror, and maybe talk to family and friends and say, this this sucks. I want to be the top dog. He might. I mean, I expect that out of a competitor, out of somebody who's one of the one of the best quarterbacks in the country coming out, of, you know, coming out of high school, right? So credit where it's due. I mean, that is a tough thing to sit there and accept that and not just accept it, but be such a good teammate and continue to, to work and be ready in that situation in the SEC title game. And I think that's why Nick Samer got choked up. I think he understands that you, you got to be a special kid to be able to stay in that spot, be a good teammate, and then come through in a clutch situation when you're called upon, which is a difficult situation probably for that kid to 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 sit through and watch as a competitor. And Nick Saban understands that. And so, uh, I, you know, I, I can't praise Jalen Hurts enough. I couldn't have... Rooted for him enough. I mean, I don't ever sit there and really root for an individual in college football. I don't have a team. I you know I don't root for a specific team. I don't root for any specific players. I couldn't tell you the last time I sat on my couch and rooted for a college football player as much as I rooted for Jalen Hurts on Saturday when he came into that SEC championship. What a performance! Outstanding kid, and um, I you know I hey, I hope he takes it. I hope he. He takes this and turns it into a successful professional career, too. I'll be rooting for him. I, I am a fan of his. I really am. And I don't know how you couldn't be after watching that. So, we'll see what happens with the college football playoff. The national championship is January 7th. Uh, and so, we'll have our eyes on that. But you got another month. You got you come three and a half weeks till you get there. So, um, in the meantime, we focus on the National Football League and their regular season. And Week 13 in the NFL, we'll conclude with Philly hosting Washington on Monday Night Football. The Eagles a six-point favorite, and I'm not going to spend too much time talking about this game, because by the time you listen to this show, it could be Tuesday morning, and that game could be over with. But I, I just will say this, based on the way a couple things have gone in the NFC Wild Card picture, Philly is still alive, and so is Washington. So this is a big game with regards to the wild card picture, and I guess even with the NFC East now, Dallas beat New Orleans on Thursday night, and I'll get to that. So Dallas is seven and five, leads the division. They're two games ahead of Philly, one game ahead of Washington. So I guess you could say it's a big game for the division too. But more specifically, I think if you want to be realistic about it, this is a big game for one of the wild card spots, and and really because Carolina has lost four straight now and has really opened the door, and with the Patriots beating Minnesota, that's also opened the door. For that six seed in the NFC, it's it's wide open. That six seeds wide open. So that's why this is a big game on Monday Night Football. Philly hosting Washington, but I uh, will see what happens in that one. You look back at what happened in Week 13 on Sunday, and then before that on Thursday, I went three and two with picks picks for the second straight week, uh, bringing my season record to 43 and 22 with the money line straight up winners. 43 wins, 22 losses. So I went three and two. And really, Pittsburgh on Sunday Night Football, they they screwed me. But really, the refs screwed me in that one. Because Pittsburgh loses to the Chargers. That game is in Pittsburgh. You know, the refs failed to call a false start on the right tackle for the Chargers. It was clearly a false start. I That might be the worst false start I've ever seen. And it wasn't called. Phillip Rivers just kind of tossed it down the right sideline for a touchdown. Here's what I thought the officials should have done. They had to recognize their mistake. And then at the end of the game, as the Chargers are about to kick the game winning field goal, how many attempts did they take? They had three because of the Pittsburgh offsides. Calls Pittsburgh kept jumping offsides. They kept trying to beat the snap, uh, and they were offsides. But the first one, the guy from the left side, well, I guess from Pittsburgh's right, he comes in and almost blocks the kick. Doesn't block it, but the kicker misses it wide left, just barely wide left. Chargers kicker misses it wide left. They called offsides. It was just barely offsides. It wasn't a lot. He didn't block the kick. The kick was just wide left. I don't think they should have let that go. And I thought it would have been a nice little makeup call for the false start that they didn't call on San Diego, which ended up turning into a Chargers touchdown earlier in the game. This game should have went to overtime. What would have happened there? I don't know. I really don't know. But um, Pittsburgh lost. That was a tough loss for me. I I had them winning that game. And my other loss was Carolina. Losing in Tampa Bay. What has happened to Carolina? What has happened to the Panthers? Honestly, they're 6-6. Six and, six, and they were 6-2. and two, And had a lot of people, including myself, looking at them saying they're, they could be a dangerous team. They could be a dangerous team. How dangerous are they now? I mean, they might not even make the playoffs now. They've lost four straight games. And you can't lose to Tampa Bay. You just can't do it. So Carolina, I don't know what's happened to them. But I keep trying to pick them. And they keep losing for me. So maybe I'm done picking them. So Pittsburgh loses. Carolina loses. Those are my two losses in week 13. My three wins. The Rams beat the Lions. I told you they would do that. And in the process, the Rams clinched the NFC West with that win. Uh, Kansas City beat Oakland. Well, Oakland scored some points on Kansas City. And, it, and the Chiefs got some other stuff. They got some other stuff going on in their organization. And maybe not in their organization anymore because they released Kareem Hunt. But I, I will get to the Kareem Hunt stuff in a minute. Kansas City without Kareem Hunt. They win that game. They beat Oakland like they should have. They didn't cover the 15 points, but Kansas City won the game. I told you they'd do that. So I got that right. And then my lock of the week, I got that right. I told you Houston was gonna be Cleveland. Uh they did that. So Houston wins that game. And now the Houston Texans, with their ninth straight win, are at nine and three. And if the playoffs begin today, Houston is the three seed in the AFC with the Patriots holding that tiebreaker. Uh, over Houston, Patriots the two seed after beating Minnesota. Uh, the Patriots are ahead of Houston with the tiebreaker because of the head-to-head. Patriots beat Houston earlier in the season, so I went three and two. L.A., Kansas City, Houston with my wins, my losses are Pittsburgh and Carolina. My DraftKings got to have him play was it didn't happen, and I I hope you know that I made that DraftKings got to have him play pick. On Thursday, Thursday morning, way before we found out and saw this video of Kareem Hunt pushing a woman and then kicking her while she was down, getting released by the Chiefs. Um, you know I don't know what's going to happen with his NFL career. Obviously, an awful look for Kareem Hunt. Just a, you watch that video and you, if you watch the whole thing, I hope you watch the whole thing. You know he pushes this girl, and then. A couple minutes later, he goes over and kicks her, gives her a little kick while she's down. I mean, what a dirtbag. Honestly, what a dirtbag this Kareem Hunt is. And this video is from February, February. And so really is the top story that Kareem Hunt basically, you know, beat a woman in his own place was it his own place was it his hotel. I don't know. Or is the top story that the NFL once again drops the ball on a domestic violence situation in which there's video and and that nobody does anything until the video's released. The most disturbing part and I'm not trying to say that Kareem Hunt pushing a woman and then kicking her while she's down. I'm not saying that's that's not disturbing. That is disturbing. But if you're the National Football League, how do you run an investigation and not interview Kareem Hunt, and not interview the woman. Like, I'm so confused by this. And maybe we shouldn't be surprised because we've seen the NFL not care about women (laughs) in the past. We've already seen that. How many rants have I gone on with this league about how the NFL doesn't care about women. They only care about money. That's it. NFL cares about money. And if If there's a way they can sweep the domestic violence stuff under the rug and make sure you don't ever see some of the details of some of the things that come into their offices in the NFL, if they can hide that stuff and sweep it under the rug, then you're not going to know about it. And if you don't know about it, as a league, they're not going to lose any money, right? Because that's all they care about. They don't care. The NFL doesn't care about women. They care about money. That is it. And the classic example of this is Roger Goodell not showing up for the Greg Hardy appeal. You give Greg Hardy, what did they give him, a 10-game suspension? He threw his girlfriend or he threw some woman on a futon that was filled with guns. There was guns all over a futon. He threw her on the futon. They give him a 10-game suspension. And he appeals it. Roger Goodell doesn't show up. Like, what were you doing? that you couldn't show up. And you know what happens? That suspension would have get knocked down in four games. Four games. But yet, the same commissioner of the same league puts together an all-out investigation on Tom Brady and the New England Patriots a couple years ago. And that investigation was on the air pressure of a football. Think about how ridiculously idiotic that conversation that... What I, what I just told you is one of the dumbest things that you could ever possibly imagine. That there's a commissioner of a professional league that makes more money than God. That cares more about the air pressure in a football than it does a woman getting pushed or kicked by one of its players. I mean... It is so embarrassing, and I will sit here and tell you again today that this is another example that Roger Goodell should be ousted. He should be gone. See ya. But you know why they're not going to do that is because the owners, what do they need more? What do they need, 75% of the vote? Whatever the percentage is, they're not going to get it because the owners only care about money, too. That's all the league cares about. They don't care about this woman that was pushed and then kicked by this dirtbag Kareem Hunt. They don't care about her. They care about how can they hide this information so that they don't lose money. That's all the NFL cares about. So we shouldn't really be shocked about this because we have now seen this multiple times. And, and the, really the most disturbing part about it all is the NFL did hear about this situation and they ran an, an investigation And during that investigation, they said, no, we don't have to interview Kareem Hunt. No, we don't have to even interview the woman. We'll just interview other people. Who did they interview? Who did they interview? The NFL is an embarrassment. Roger Goodell should be canned. And the owners, every owner in the league deserves every fan of this league an apology for not having removed Roger Goodell as the commissioner of the league sooner. Like, this idea that you would run an investigation on Tom Brady and some guy that might have been going in the bathroom before a game deflating footballs with a little pin, taking out PSIs. The PSI, the air pressure of a football. Who gives a shit about that? It's a, who cares? Who cares? about the air pressure in a football. If I gave you two footballs and one had an illegal amount of air pressure in it, and then I gave you another one that was w- within the guidelines or the rules of the PSIs in a football, you wouldn't know the difference. You wouldn't know the fucking difference. It's the air pressure in a football. And the NFL went all in on that. Think about the interviews. Think about how many times they wanted to interview... Uh, the guy McNally, right? Didn't they want to interview? They wanted like a fourth or a nut. They wanted an extra interview with him. Yet, they find out about another story where one of their players pushes a woman and then kicks her while she's down and they say, uh, we don't need to interview that player and we don't even need to interview the woman. What type of investigation is that? You just went all in on the air pressure of a football and you basically ignored... A situation in which one of your players uh, is getting charged with domestic violence. I mean, and don't tell me, honestly, when they say they didn't see the video, the NFL, they're lying to you. They're, they're, like that, if you believe that, if you honestly, if you sit there today and you believe that the National Football League, with as much power that they have, as much money that they have, if you honestly believe that they can't get this video upon finding out about this situation, but yet TMZ can. You're an idiot. Okay? You're, you're dumb. If you think the NFL couldn't get their hands on this video, they could. And they did. They did. I don't have any inside sources in the league telling me that. Um, but you know what I'm doing? I'm using my brain. The National Football League without a shadow of a doubt, saw the Kareem Hunt video, and they said, we can't let this get out. That's what they did. That's what they did. You know why they did that? Because they don't care about women. They care about money. And if there is anything that happens in their league that might cause them to lose money, they're going to try to make sure you don't find out about that. And I think they thought they were in the clear on this one and then they got busted. Oh, you ran an investigation. Oh, you didn't interview Kareem Hunt or the woman, but yet two years before that, you're interviewing everybody and their mother, Who even you're interviewing guys who clean underwear at Gillette Stadium, and you can't interview Kareem Hunt or this woman? Give me a fucking break. The NFL's a joke. Goodell's got to go, but that's not going to happen because these owners don't give a shit either. They probably love Goodell because he keeps bringing in money. Alright? and Goodell's probably got some good plans to bring in even more money, and the, the league's like, "Yeah, this is the best guy for the job to make us more money." And at the end of the day, that's all we care about. It's a joke. It really is. And Kareem Hunt, I just—I got to tell you, I, I took Kareem Hunt as my draft king. He's got to have him play on Thursday morning. All right. So if you listen to that show, like if you listen to it on Saturday or Sunday morning, and you're like, "What? what what's Picard doing? They Kareem Hunt? Is this a joke?" No. That, I, we didn't know about this until a day later. So, um, we just want to make sure you got, you got the timestamp correct on that draft king He's got to have him play for week 13. But, uh, you know, I'm glad I did get it wrong because Kareem Hunt shouldn't play. And, you know, you watch that video. It is so – I mean, it's disturbing seeing him push her down and then try to keep going at her like he's getting held back. It's like, dude, what are you going to – are you serious right now? And then when he finally gets to her, he kicks her while she's down. It's like, what a dirtbag. It's so disturbing. And you know what? The Chiefs cut him. I don't want to sit there and give credit to the Chiefs, though. Yeah, they should have cut him. They should have cut him a long time ago. Don't tell me they didn't see the video either. You know, now they're blaming it on Kareem Hunt. They're like, oh, he wasn't completely truthful. How about you work with the league to find out what happened? These guys are so full of shit, it's not even funny. The Everybody in the NFL is so full of shit, it's not even funny. They're going to lie to you. They're going to think you're an idiot. But in reality, they're the idiots because everybody knows what they do now with these situations. They try to sweep them under the rug. Don't tell me that the Chiefs went all in on an investigation either. They didn't. Because they should have worked with the league. And what they should have said is, oh, there's a video on this. Oh, get us the video. And if the, the NFL went back to the Chiefs and say, "Oh, we can't get the video," from the Chiefs, I'd be like, "What do you mean you can't get the video? Are you serious?" Listen, if this video gets out and and it's bad and we don't do anything, guess what's going to happen? Like, I, I just I don't understand. <laughs> I just don't understand why they think everybody is so stupid. It makes them look like idiots. And it's embarrassing. And Goodell's got to go, but here's the deal. This isn't going to change. He's not going to get ousted because the owners think he's the best man for the job to get them as much money as they possibly can. And that's all they care about is money. It's all they care about. Will people stop watching? Now that it, it turns out they swept another one of these domestic violence situations under the rug? No, people won't stop watching. They won't stop watching. Just playoff football. Is gambling. Um, and I think really the only thing you can do at this point is if you're another team in a league, you know, don't pull a Washington and, and claim them on waivers. Don't sign them, you know, send a message. This is not going to be tolerated in our league. You know, somebody step up and make an example. Maybe Goodell thought he was making an example of Greg Hardy when he gave him a 10 game suspension. Well, you got to follow up on that and show up to the appeal. You buffoon. Hands it off to someone else, and someone else is like, well, I think because of the, the rules, well, if Goodell was there, he could do make the same argument he made for deflate-gate, which is I'm the judge, the jury, and the executioner, and you might not agree with my decision, but hey, based on the CBA that I got right here, CBA says I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, as much as I want, and nobody can do anything about it. Not even Greg Hardy. So Goodell didn't do that because at the end of the day he doesn't care about women. He only cares about money. And maybe he he just thought that Greg Hardy playing in more games than, than not playing in games would have would have ended up getting them more money. I don't know. It's it, it really is embarrassing. A Embar- embarrassing look for the league. Uh, and, and I I hope nobody picks up. Kareem Hunt, you watch that whole video. You see him walk over and kick the woman while she's down. It's what a dirtbag, honestly. You can't. You gotta. You gotta make a statement. Send a message. Get together as a group and say nobody's bringing this guy in. Enough is enough. Come on, let's go. But you know, Kansas City, they won their game, and it's it's a you know it's this is a tough transition. And I'll get back to the results of football games. But I mean, we got to do it. Because that's, that's what we do on the show. But uh, the Chiefs play without Kareem Hunt. They beat the Raiders. You know, I I don't think it was an easy game for them. Obviously, they allowed 30-plus points to the Raiders. A terrible Raiders team. And But with that win that Kansas City had, uh, the Chiefs now improved to 10-2. And, and Oakland is officially eliminated from playoff contention. Not that anybody thought they were going to be in the playoffs as it was, as it stands. But officially, mathematically, Oakland is now eliminated. So, um, hey, that's what we had in the NFL in Week 13. I think when you put the the Kareem Hunt stuff aside and you want to look at the on-field stuff and the playoff picture, I think the top stories from Week 13, number one, is the battle for the one seed in the NFC, in the other conference. And the Rams, I told you, they clinched the NFC West with their win in Detroit on Sunday And because New Orleans lost on Thursday Night Football in Dallas 13-10, what happened in New Orleans? This overpowering offense, Thursday Night Football, I, I guess this might say more about Thursday Night Football than it does the Saints, right? Dallas, short week, in their own building, probably says more about the short week and the Thursday Night Football game, right? Is that what it does? Well, hey. A loss is a loss is a loss, and New Orleans lost to Dallas. They're ten and two. The Rams win their game. They're eleven and one. The Rams are the one seed in the NFC if the playoffs began today. And I misspoke given picks picks last week. I said that the Rams only played one team that was below five hundred. I I said the I, I meant the opposite. The Rams here moving forward only play one team that's above five hundred. So, in their final four games of the season, three of the four games that the Rams have left are against teams currently under five hundred. as I'm recording this. They play in Chicago uh, coming up next weekend. Will Trubisky play for the Bears? I have no idea. Bears just lost to the Giants in overtime. Chase Daniel, their quarterback the last couple games, will Trubisky return? I don't know. Uh, But it's in Chicago. There won't be an easy game. Chicago playing... uh, for their, I guess you could say, playoff lives. Though, I do think Chicago's still going to win that division. Um, but the Rams play in Chicago. That's the As I'm recording this, that's the only team that's currently above 500. That's on the Rams' remaining schedule. Then they play at home against Philly. Then they play in Arizona. Then they play at home against San Fran. That's an easy schedule. The Rams should probably win out. And if that happens, they'll clinched the one seed. New Orleans, is their schedule's not easy. In Tampa Bay, all right, they should whoop the Buccaneers, but Tampa Bay, they beat New Orleans in week one, as bad as Tampa Bay's been. Then New Orleans plays in Carolina. You know, Carolina stinks, but it's in Carolina. You know, I guess desperate times. I'm not going to pick Carolina there, but it might not be an easy game. Divisional game. Carolina on the ropes after losing four straight now. And then, you play Pittsburgh, that won't be easy, and then you play Carolina again. So, the Rams' schedule is easier than the Saints, and so I think the Saints needed to go into Dallas and beat a Dallas team they probably should have beaten, but maybe that's just more about the Thursday night game than it does the Saints at this stage of the season. But the battle for the number one seed in the NFC, uh, it's looking like this is going to be the Rams as the one seed. That's what I would pick it to be. And then the... Number two story in week from week thirteen is the battle for the one seed in the AFC. I mentioned that the Chiefs beat Oakland. Uh, Kansas City is ten and two. But right behind them is the New England Patriots. The New England Patriots, they beat the Minnesota Vikings 24-10 on Sunday at Gillette. Patriots improved to nine and three. The Patriots can now clinch their division with a win in Miami this coming Sunday at one o'clock. Uh, The Patriots open as a a seven-and-a-half point favorite. It's a t-shirt hat game, so Patriots win. If they beat Miami, they'll clinch the division. Listen, Patriots can win out. I've been telling you that for a couple weeks. And if the Patriots win out and Kansas City can lose a game here down the stretch, Patriots will hold that head-to-head tiebreak over the Chiefs because Patriots already beat the Chiefs this year. And the Patriots will get the one seed. So the one seed is very possible for New England. It is. It's very possible. That that was a tough game against Minnesota on Sunday. You know, Minnesota kept it close at the half. That's a 10-7 game at half. All right, Patriots lead 10-7 at half. It did feel like, though, the Patriots were dominating, didn't it? They just they weren't turning it into touchdowns in the first half. Then you, late in the game, they start throwing a Josh Gordon. I don't even think I saw Josh Gordon on the field in the first half. Uh, Jimmy White targeted, what, nine or 10 times at a couple carries. That was his type of game where they're dumping it off to him. Um, and you know, you're going to look, listen, people here in New England, they'll find things to complain about. You'll hear complaints about Gronk not looking like the same cat and how questioning how healthy he is. You'll hear complaints about how maybe Brady isn't. You know, still at the top of his game. There's there's a couple bad throws mixed in here and there. Uh, But the reality is... The Patriots just beat a damn good Vikings team. That's a big win. That is a big win. Because before the season, you're looking at the schedule going, Oh, wow, that game in week week 13 against Minnesota. That's going to be a tough game. That's going to be a tough game. You had some people pick a Minnesota to get to the Super Bowl this year with Kirk Cousins. And so... You know... That's a big win for the Patriots. I think, you know, the, as the weeks go on here, the Patriots' offense is going to continue to build and become something close to the juggernaut offense we've seen in, in in past seasons. I know it hasn't looked perfect all year, and there have been some issues, but I think now that Gronk is back in the fold, uh, we'll see if he can stay healthy. Even if he doesn't look like the same guy he used to be, if you're an opposing defense, you got to account for him. You do, and that opens some things underneath for some other guys. you got Burkhead back in the mix. I-, I think the Patriots offense, as much as you might hear some complaints in this town from people who got nothing better to do than complain because they wanted to boost their ratings, I-, I think the Patriots, that's a big win for them. And uh, I think they have a chance to win out. In Miami next week, then at Pittsburgh after that, At home against Buffalo, and then at home against the Jets. You know, those are the final four games. Dolphins, Steelers, Bills, Jets. I will say this. You might think I'm crazy. I think the toughest game on the schedule is going to be next week in Miami. I think that's going to be a tougher game than Pittsburgh. I do. I, I think if you watch the Chargers game against the Steelers last night on Sunday Night Football there wasn't really an, an... Steelers' defense didn't really have an answer for anything that the Chargers could do. And the Chargers were without one of their best offensive players in Melvin Gordon. And the Chargers used a next-man-up approach in their backfield, and what was it, the kid Jackson? Is that his name? Stepped up, had a big night. You know, Phillip Rivers was... You know, they had receivers. Keenan Allen was beaten guys in the secondary. You can... Throw, and you can score on that Pittsburgh defense, and you can do it in Pittsburgh, as San Diego showed last night. The game against Miami this Sunday in Miami, the Dolphins are still alive for a wild card spot. This is going to be, I think, the toughest game left in the schedule. I think it's going to be tougher than Pittsburgh. I really do. I really do. This is a big one. And again, if the Patriots win it, they'll win the division. And if the Patriots win out and Kansas City loses one, then... Patriots can get the one seat. You look at Kansas City's remaining schedule. They play Baltimore next week. All right, it's in Kansas City. The Chiefs do play three of their last four at home. But Baltimore, that might not be an easy game. Lamar Jackson has won three straight with the Ravens. Here's where the Ravens are going to screw things up, because Harbaugh is already talking about... Here's the deal. I told you last week, before the Ravens beat Atlanta this Sunday, before Lamar Jackson led the Ravens to three straight wins, I said, hey, if Flacco's ready to go in a couple weeks, I don't think you can get away. The only way you stick with Lamar Jackson is if Flacco's still hurt and Lamar Jackson beats the beats the Chiefs. That's the only way. All right, Lamar Jackson beat Atlanta. But you look at their last couple wins, Lamar Jackson beat three of the worst defenses in the NFL. If you're Habar and Flacco is ready to play the Chiefs, the story right now, the rumor is that Habar is going to play both quarterbacks he's gonna split the the playing time he's gonna play both guys they're gonna split snaps Flacco and Jackson and that is where the Ravens will lose the game against Kansas City you should only stick with one guy I think if Flacco's ready you should go back to him if Flacco's ready you should go back to him but you know if 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 you do want to just, you know, I'd rather see that. If I'm a Ravens fan, I'd say, well, I'd rather go with Flacco. But instead of going with both guys, then just stick with Jackson. Like, it's one or the other. You get into this game plan where you're throwing two different quarterbacks out there. I think that's where you hurt yourself. That's where you hurt yourself as a coach. But if that's what the Ravens are going to do, then they're going to lose to Kansas City. They're going to lose to Kansas City. I don't know that's going to be easy, though, for Kansas City. And then after that, they play the Chargers. And the Chargers are still right up Kansas City's behind. The Chargers are nine and three. And after that is really the toughest game, I think, for Kansas City. Week 16 in Seattle. Uh that's tough. That's gonna be a tough one. In Seattle. Seattle's gonna be in in you know playoff mode. They're looking good. Um they Kansas City could lose that. So all I'm trying to tell you is, and then, well, the last game Kansas City has is at home against Oakland, that they'll win that. But the Chiefs need to, they can't afford to lose a game. Chiefs need to win out. Pressure's on the Chiefs, because the Patriots very well could win out. Pressure's on Kansas City. And they, there's, there's a chance Kansas City lose a game. And you know what? I think Patriots are going to get the one seed. I do. I think it's going to happen. I think Kansas City's going to lose. What is that? Is that a Thursday night game against the Chargers? So there you go. That's that's not going to be an easy one. Uh, and then Seattle. Can I think the Patriots will get the one seed. I think Patriots will win out, and I think Kansas City will lose one more. And the Patriots will get the one seed. I think that's how it's going to play out. I really do. So you look at the battle of the AFC, and it is a battle for the one seed. And I mentioned the Chargers beating the Steelers, and that knocks the Steelers down. You know, the the Steelers right now... You know what can they do to get a first round bye? I mean, but if I'm a Steelers fan, I definitely have to. I'm I'm pointing the finger at the refs last night on Sunday Night Football. That was tough. That that non call on the false start was tough to watch. But uh, so that's the way the AFC looks. And I think the next biggest story, you know, outside of the 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 playoff stuff, is what's going on in Green Bay. The Packers lose to the Arizona Cardinals. And this is maybe a rant that I've given before, but I I I, I always kind of tease it on Twitter when I throw little, little jabs at Aaron Rodgers. And I only do this because people love Aaron Rodgers to an absurd point, like to an absurd level, where I'm like, all right, he's a very good... He's one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. He's had... A great career, Aaron Rodgers. He's thirty-five years old. He does rely on his legs, keeping plays alive and making these dramatic throws on the run, which I think he, which I think uh, usually results of plays that he makes more difficult because he doesn't see the initial read and the initial guy that's open, which maybe he could make a throw and wouldn't have to run. To create time. If he could just make that initial read. I think Rodgers makes it more difficult on himself. Which makes it all that more entertaining. For all the hot takers out there. Like oh he makes these fantastic plays. It's like eh. Rodgers relies on his legs. To make those plays. He got banged up. And what was it? The first game of the season right? Against Chicago. Dealing knee injury. But still. Everybody's banged up now. Is there any excuse for the Packers to be 4-7-1? and with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback in a league that is so quarterback reliant, like you need a you need a dominant quarterback. That's what this league is. And the Packers have one, or at least they have a guy that people want to call one of the greatest of all time. And they're 4 7 1. Is that like that to me. Is definitely a situation where if you're the Packers, you should be thinking about a change. And you're not going to get rid of Aaron Rodgers. So here's what they did. They lose to the Cardinals, the lowly Arizona Cardinals. It was Arizona's third win. Arizona's three and nine. I guess mathematically, Arizona stays alive in the playoff race in the NFC, only having three less losses than the current number six seed. Excuse me, only three less wins than the the current number six seed. But The Packers lose to the Cardinals, and they end up firing coach Mike McCarthy after the game. I'm not going to sit here and say that McCarthy shouldn't have been fired. He should have. Like, it's time to make a change. You can't lose to Arizona at home, by the way. This game was at Lambeau. (laughs) And Green Bay, as much as Aaron Rodgers last week, you know, mapped out the playoff picture in a post-game press conference saying, well, we got to win this game, we got to win this game, we got to win that game, and then we, we need help. Yeah, we know. We can do the math. We get it you got to win out, and you need help. Um, Seemingly getting some help. Carolina's helping you out. You know, Washington and Philly b- battling each other. Minnesota's helping you out. Losing to the Patriots. You're getting help. And you're at home against the lowly Arizona Cardinals, and you lose that game? And Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback? You score 17 points against one of the worst teams in the league at home? Yeah, you absolutely fire your coach. That's a no-brainer. But it sh- the criticism shouldn't end there with Green Bay. Unfortunately, around the league, it does. The criticism should continue. And it should continue with Aaron Rodgers. It should. This is a league that's so reliant on a quarterback and having a dominant quarterback and everybody and their mother, year after year, praises Aaron Rodgers... Puts him in the conversation of one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And his team is 4-7-1 and you lose at home to the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, you fire the coach. But the criticism shouldn't stop there. Like, are are you serious? Do you still want to put Aaron Rodgers in the conversation of one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time? I never have and I never will. And this is a rant I've gone on before. Rodgers... This is what people can't get through their, their brains, and I see this com- these comments come into me on social media whenever I tweet about this, when I say Aaron Rodgers is not one of the greatest of all time. Uh, I tweeted last night, McCarthy was fired after the loss of the Cardinals. I said, anybody who's been trying to push the Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time agendas on us should be embarrassed. After that loss to the Cardinals. And and comments start rolling in. They're like, well, you know, to be fair, he is one of the greatest of all time. You just can't compare him to Brady. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. If Brady is one of the greatest of all time, and you want to put Aaron Rodgers in the conversation as one of the greatest of all time, don't you need to compare him to other quarterbacks who you think are one of the greatest of all time? Like, yeah, you do have to compare him to that guy. But okay, you can't compare him to Brady. You shouldn't. Which means you can't compare him and put him in the conversation of one of the greatest of all time. Here's where people are just dumb about this conversation. You can be a great quarterback. You can have a great career in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers, when his career is over, and you know what, it might be soon. Max Kellerman, all those guys, they love to talk about the cliff. Oh, quarterbacks, they just fall off. They don't have it anymore. How about Aaron Rodgers being 35 years old, relying on his legs to be a great quarterback, and he keeps getting hurt, and he might not have it anymore. Nobody ever talks about that. That's never a possibility. And now it's the coach's fault. Again, I'm not trying to say they shouldn't have fired the coach. They should have fired the coach. But the criticism shouldn't stop there. The criticism should continue with Aaron Rodgers. Max Kellerman should be on your TV today telling you that Aaron Rodgers maybe is falling off a cliff when you're still alive in the playoff race you're getting the help you need around you you're at home against one of the worst teams in the league you score 17 points and your record is now 4 seven and one if you're a quarterback that people have put in the conversation of one of the greatest of all time that quarterback should be criticized so much more than Tom Brady's ever been criticized. Tom Brady's sitting pretty at 9-3 with a chance to be the one seed in the AFC again. Aaron Rodgers is going to be watching the playoffs with his team looking for a new coach and another excuse as to why Rodgers can't get the job done. Aaron Rodgers is a guy to me that crumbles, crumbles under the pressures of the next man up approach with his receiver's with his receiving core and the rest of his offense. The minute someone gets hurt, it's time for someone to step up. Oh, Rodgers can't do it. Oh, he's looking at the sideline. Oh, he's looking up at the sky. Oh, somebody's not running the right route. Oh, somebody's not doing this. If you're one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, you thrive on the next man up approach because you are somebody that makes your offense even better when the going gets tough. Rodgers doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. When Rodgers' career is all said and done, the numbers he's put up, we will look back at his career, and even I, as much as I criticize him, I will say that Aaron Rodgers had a great career. He was a great NFL quarterback. But here's what people are stupid about this conversation. You can be a great quarterback. You can have a great career as an NFL quarterback, And not be in the conversation of one of the greatest of all time. Like, it it doesn't have to be, well, if he's a great quarterback, he's automatically, if he had a great career as a quarterback in the NFL, a highly successful career, put up great numbers, you know, in the, at the top of a lot of the categories, uh, passing categories in the league, you can have a great career that doesn't automatically put you in the conversation for greatest of all time. They're two different things. And Aaron Rodgers is not in the conversation for one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And I think what you saw yesterday, what you've seen this season, 4-7-1, the coach gets fired. I mean, this is a bad look. It's a bad look for the coach. It's a bad look for Rodgers. And it's time that this guy starts taking the proper criticisms on some of these national shows that they want to deal out. They want to dish this stuff out to Tom Brady. Brady's 9-3. You think Brady would be 4-7-1 regardless of who gets hurt? Think of all the injuries the Patriots have had. Think about all the things that have happened to this organization over the years. (laughs) 4-7-1? You think that... The Patriots will lose to this Cardinals team at Gillette Stadium? Like, I don't care who's hurt. I don't care who's playing. Tom Brady would find a way to win that game yesterday at home against the Cardinals. Aaron Rodgers could not. So don't even don't even start to compare them. And if you don't compare them, then you can't put Rodgers in the conversation of one of the greatest of all time. Enough with that. Enough with that. So, Green Bay, they're in a tough spot, uh, and now they will, you know, mathematically, I guess they're still alive, but, because they're getting help, <laughs> but if they beat Arizona, and they had five wins, you'd be looking at the playoff picture today going, wow, they're, they're in the race for the six seed, you know, they're in the race for the six seed, so uh, they're not there because they lose to Arizona, and that's pathetic, and that's a top story. One of the top stories in the league. And so that's what you got in week 13. I will keep an eye on the playoff picture moving forward. I'll be back on Thursday to give you my picks for week 14. And then um, outside of football over the weekend, the Celtics, you know, bringing it back here locally. I watched the Celtics win their third straight game. And the Celtics have been a talking point on this show the last couple of weeks because of before this three-game win streak how bad they've looked and what the issues are and how it did have sort of an off-the-court feel to it. But they made a change. I talked about it last Thursday. They put Marcus Smart in the starting lineup last week in a win over the Pelicans in New Orleans. And since they've made that move, they've kept Smart in the starting lineup. Jalen Brown has missed the last couple games. He's yet to return with a back injury. Smart has stayed in the starting lineup. And... Celtics have won three straight. It's no coincidence. And I told you they should keep Marcus Smart in the starting lineup. And when Jalen Brown does come back, the Celtics don't play again until, what, Thursday? They play Thursday night at home against the Knicks. A rematch from when they lost to the Knicks and got embarrassed by the Knicks a couple weeks ago at home. So they're already going to play the Knicks at home again in a rematch. This is a guaranteed Celtics win, by the way. Guaranteed Celtics win Thursday night at home against the Knicks. If Jalen Brown is ready to return from the back injury, if you're Brad Stevens, Jalen Brown comes off the bench. No-brainer. You do not take Marcus Smart out of the starting lineup. The starting lineup for the Seas here moving forward is going to be Irvin, Kyrie Irvin, Marcus Smart, Tatum, Morris, and Horford. That's the starting lineup. Gordon Hayward comes off the bench, played 30 minutes off the bench, and went over to Timberwolves. Uh, what do he get, 30 points? And and so, Gordon Hayward, if he's okay with that role, great. The question is, will Jalen Brown be okay coming off the bench? I don't know. I think we're going to learn a lot about Jalen Brown. We might even learn a lot about what potentially could be some of the off-the-court issues this team was dealing with. But if you all Brad Stevens, quite simply, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So, even if Jalen Brown's ready to return Thursday night against the Knicks, uh. You cannot put Jalen Brown in the starting lineup. You can't do it. You got to keep Smart in the starting lineup. Simple as that. Simple as that. So, um, that's those are my thoughts on the Celtics. Real quick, just had to give them because I've been talking about them the last couple weeks, and they have turned things around. And it's no coincidence they've turned things around with Smart in the starting lineup. So, uh, that's the show for today. Again, I'll be back on Thursday to give you my picks for Week 14 and react to anything else that happens. In the world of sports, get this show whenever you want at Podcast One, also on iTunes and Spotify, and on my website, DannyPicard.com. Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash Danny Picard. Enjoy the rest of the week, everybody. I am out. Talk to you on Thursday.